maybe three weeks ago or whatever, but I, I just kept hearing this invitation from the Lord to come up higher, to come up higher, to come up higher, to come up higher. And just tonight during worship, there was a couple different things that I just saw. And, and the first one was these, um, just these wings of fire, wings of fire that just lift you higher. And I feel like, um, it's just so easy not to use your spiritual eyes and just get trapped in the, in the natural realm. And it's, it's, it's though, as I was seeing, just like our arms, our wings, <laughs> and these wings of fire. And, you know, when you look at them in the natural, it's obviously, obviously just your arm and your hand. But, you know, there's a place that God is wanting to t- take us higher. And so I just even feel like tonight as you just lift your arms, just maybe just as a, just a prophetic act even, just to, just to lift your arms maybe out even to the side. And I just, I just release right now just um, enlightened eyes. I just break off right now in Jesus' name every, um, every hindrance right now Every assignment of the enemy to keep us trapped in the, the realm of the natural, to, to cause us to, 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 to be deceived and believe that we are mere humans. Oh, I just break that assignment off right now in Jesus' name. And God, I just thank you that even now as we just lift our arms and thank you, God, that while it may just seem strange or just may seem odd, I thank you, Lord, that this is not strange or odd, that it's all throughout the Bible, that Elisha just prayed that his servant's eyes would be opened. And when, when, when those, his eyes were open, there were chariots of fire round about them. And so, God, I thank you that we are going higher tonight. Thank you that there is this, um, this fire that is in our heart, Lord, and this fire that is in our, on our lives, God, that is taking us higher. And I thank you that it is burning away <laughs> the things that, that keep us grounded, <laughs> that keep us trapped, Father, uh, in this, in, in this low level of living. And so, Lord, I just call us up in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And the other thing that I just saw during worship, it was like I had this, um, it's like I was, like, like we were just growing into these giants. And the, the scene realm and the, just the, the ground, the ground, I think it had to do with, you know, just going to a higher level. We were giants. And it kind of reminded me, honestly, of that, <laughs> that movie, The Night at the Museum, where they have those little people and like Owen Wilson is like one of the little people. And then there's the other, little, other lieutenant guy, this, then they, you know, and they have that little Roman city and there's like a little western town the train goes through. But it's like all of a sudden I started seeing like, the world like that. I started seeing everything is a lot smaller than it actually is. And I, I just feel like that's a word tonight. And I, I had this magnaphone in my hand. Um, it's like I needed, I, I was so big that I needed this magnaphone in my hand to like speak to the little people so they could hear me. And it kind of also reminded me of that other movie um, that I watched with my kids. It was that movie with um, Jack Black he was the giant. Um, Gulliver's Travels <laughs> reminded me of that one too, with the little people and just this giant. And I feel like sometimes we feel like we're facing giants when we're the giant. And I also felt that it was this picture of 
speaking, speaking to the problems that are actually very small, (laughs) speaking to the things that maybe they seem really big in our mind, but they're really just small, and we just need to, and I just, the magnaphone was was interesting to me because it was like, um, it was just like, you know, magnify your voice and your authority over the small, the small things that normally appear so large. And I, I just, just want to kind of start with that tonight. Lord, I thank you just for a couple of those visions that we had in worship, that I had in worship tonight, Lord. And I just pray that you'll just uh, continue to minister to people about those things. And uh, we just accept the offer to come up higher. We accept uh, a new perspective tonight. That, Father, we are not, we're not small facing big problems. But, Father, we are, we are giants. We are giants in that um, the things that we face in the natural realm are just small. <laughs> I remember that one part in the movie where, you know, uh, what's his name, Ben Stiller, you know, just picks up the one guy and, like, puts it in his pocket. You know, he's just, like, he can just pick these little, just pick the little things up. They're just so small. They're not, they, and, the, you know, I remember they're, they're trying to shoot arrows at him, and it's like, you know, it's not even like a toothpick hitting him. And really, I think that's just the picture of the enemy, the enemy trying to come against us. It's just funny. I mean, just like that movie, it's just funny when the little people try to attack, you know, and the little people try to get their little bow and arrows out, and, you know, and charge, and it's like a little bitty army coming at you, and that's just a picture of the enemy, and, you know, the enemy's under our feet, and, you know, just, you could just step on those, (laughs) just step on that, just step on, smush, just smush, and so, Lord, I thank you that there is a, just a perspective that you're wanting to release tonight, that the things that we have magnified as being so big, as being so impossible, that, Father, they are just minuscule. They're minuscule from your perspective. And uh, so we just, we thank you for that, and I just thank you for what you have for us tonight. We just depend on you uh, to speak, even as I'm speaking, Father, to each and every listener. I thank you that there is something specific for every single person, God. I thank you that you don't leave anybody out, that you're doing something in everybody's life right now, that you are, you are, doing something spectacular you're doing something miraculous and and I I just remembered this one scripture from Isaiah that says you know that that one time you said I'm doing a new thing can you not perceive it and father I thank you that this spectacular thing this miraculous thing this supernatural thing that you're doing in each person's life father different things different ways in each person's life I I just release perception This, this there's a there's Everything you showed me tonight in worship and everything that we've talked about so far really is about perception, perspective and perception. So, God, I just, I release a perception. I receive perception, God. I just release perception tonight, the perception of the thing that you're doing, (laughs) the thing that you're working out, the thing that you are um, administrating in our life right now. We just, I just release perception, and I receive perception, God. And so we follow your lead tonight. And we ask you just to encourage and edify and comfort and build up, God, uh, correct 
Give direction, give confirmation, give guidance, God, wisdom, whatever it is that you want to do tonight in each person, Father, I just ask you and give you permission to do it. Thank you. I tell you, we are in a place, uh, I mean, I just, it's almost like it's just, I feel like the Holy Spirit's almost screaming it in my head, um, you know, that we are really being called into a place of supernatural living, that um, living naturally um, may be comfortable. It may be, um, you know, what the world might consider to be wisdom. But God is calling us out on the water. He is calling us out into a place where we are living supernaturally, where we are experiencing things that only God can do. Things that only God can do. You know, like when you read, I'm thinking of the scripture of how God led the Israelites out of Egypt. And here they'd been in bondage for, you know, all of these years, slaves under under Pharaoh. And, you know, Moses was just this guy who, you know, he'd been out on the desert, you know, shepherd, being a shepherd for 40 years, and he got called to come and confront Pharaoh. And he was just fearless, you know, just fearless. I mean, here at any minute he could go before Pharaoh and lose his life but yet he was just going there fearlessly, fearlessly and saying, you know, just the word of God that was God was giving him to say, which was let my people go. And Pharaoh, you know, he went back and forth. He's like, you know, I'm not going to let you go. I am going to let you go. And and the thing that that that's incredible, really, I mean, I, I feel like we've read the story since Sunday school, you know, like sometimes it's almost just become familiar. It's just like a Bible story. But you know, when you go back and you read the signs and the wonders that God did as he was bringing those Israelites out of bondage, it's really incredible. I mean, like, it, that's not even the right word. I mean, an entire sea parting, um, leading people by a, f- a pillar of fire and a cloud, and and them being fed in this desert by this supernatural food and just their clothes not wearing out and their shoes not getting old. I mean, they were, let me just say, they were living supernaturally. They were living in a place where miracles (laughs) were just normal. It was a way of life. Matter of fact, the one miracle of the manna, they got sick of it and started complaining about it. So God sent some quail and, you know, they got river for, I mean, river, they got water from a rock. I mean, it was just supernatural living. And I'm telling you that we are living in a time where God, I mean, I think it's always time. I don't think it's a new time. I think it's all, there's always an invitation. I think there's always an open door for us to get out of the place of our comfort zone and get out of the place where we are just living naturally. Uh, and we are, stepping into a place where miracles are not optional, where the supernatural is not optional. And I, this, li- this life that we're being invited to is the most incredible adventure. The most incredible adventure. It's an adventure with the Holy Spirit. It's an adventure with Jesus. It's an adventure with the Father. And... And it requires that we, you know, that we develop a, a, a trust and a and a and a fellowship with the Lord and a communion with the Lord, so that we can 
we can partner with what he's doing. We can, we can enter into what he is doing. And I just, I just am reiterating tonight that God is doing something extraordinary in your life. I heard that. I heard extraordinary and I heard spectacular. Something extraordinary and something spectacular. And there is a, there is an, an invitation not only to live supernaturally, but there's an invitation to believe for something that is impossible. There is an invitation to actually believe for something. And this is what the Lord is saying about this for some of you is that He's, it's, it's an opportunity to believe for something that proves that He is a good Father. That proves that He is love incarnate. That proves that every good and perfect gift comes from above. That proves that there is nothing too hard for him. That proves that he is Lord over all. That he has defeated and disarmed the powers and principalities. That Jesus Christ holds the keys of hell and death. That proves the victory that the cross actually purchased. He is off, he is looking. You know, I remember I remember the scripture from the Old Testament that says that the eyes of the Lord uh, go to and fro across the earth looking for someone through whom he can show himself strong. Meaning he is looking for believers. He's looking, can I say this? He's looking for believers. He's looking for believers. He's looking for Peters that are, that are, that are, that are bold and maybe even a little, you know, don't even know what they're getting themselves into. Yeah, if that's you, Jesus, call me out of the water. Call, call me out on the water. Call me, tell me to come and let me get out there in this place where I have no business being <laughs> in the natural. But all of a sudden here I am doing what you're doing, Jesus. I'm living in this place of, of the impossible, of the impossible. And so there's this invitation to come up higher. There's an invitation to see things from his perspective, to recognize that you are the giant in the land. Hey, in Jesus' name, there's not giants on your promised land. You are the giant. You are the giant. And there's an invitation to believe, to believe for something spectacular, to believe for something extraordinary, to believe for something that requires a miracle. It requires a miracle. If you know that, you know, if you, if you know that thing that God's asking you to believe that requires a miracle, that's, that's, a, that's an awesome place to be. That's a, that's a, that's a place where, where, you know, where the greats in the Bible, where the people in the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter, um, 11 and, that's where they lived. I mean, that, that puts you in the class with Moses. It puts you in the class, uh, you know, with David and, and fighting Goliath. It puts you in the class with Abraham who had to believe God for something impossible. It puts you in the class of Esther who God used to change an entire nation. It puts you in the class of John the Baptist who had a call in his life to do something that, that made his life 100% about glorifying God. And I'm telling you, God is looking for believers. He is looking for people who are sold out, woo, that are, that are ready to, 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 to raise their hand and say, show yourself strong through me. Show yourself, show yourself to be who you say you are through my life. 
You know, Jesus said it this way. When you see me, you've seen the Father. (laughs) In our lives, God is asking us and, and inviting us for our lives to say the same thing. That when you've seen our lives, you see the Father. When you look at when you look at our lives, it's a reflection of who the fathers is. It's a reflection of of my daddy's goodness. It's a reflection of my daddy's power. It's a reflection of my my daddy's love. That's what my life is like. That's what my life is about. That is what. And so, so I, yeah, I just you can raise your hand tonight and say, yeah, it's like um like you're in a classroom with your teacher and you're like, yeah, pick me, pick me, pick me, yeah, pick me, I know, pick me. <laughs> Reminds me of Welcome Back, Cotter with Horshack, right? Ooh, 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 pick me, who? That's like such a '70s show, but but you know that I just feel like eager beavers. God's looking for some eager beavers. Eager beavers, some Peters that are willing to get out of the boat. The Peter, the, you know, think about this. The disciples left it all. They, they, they saw Jesus. They had fishing businesses and they're just like, I'm just leaving it all to follow you, Jesus. Radical believers, radical faith. People, people that God can actually do something with. People that actually are not afraid to go up against a giant, to go up against a Pharaoh, because they know who lives in them. They know who is with them. They know who rests upon them. And they recognize that, that God is not, I mean, Moses wasn't any more special than anyone listening here tonight. He didn't have something more than, than you did. He was a stutterer. He was old. You know? A murderer. He was a murderer. Murdered this Egyptian slave person. I mean, he didn't, he, there wasn't like, he wasn't like some super saint. Some super holy person. He was available and he was chosen. And I just, I, God is like, I have business to accomplish. I have, I have a kingdom work to do here. Hey, I have a kingdom to expand. I have a character to prove. He has been so malaligned by the spirit of religion. He has been so, um, um, just slandered by by religion he has been misrepresented by 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 well-meaning well-meaning people well-meaning people but it is not who i mean think about this jesus he just was so upsetting to the religious spirit that he was so frustrating to the religion of his day and i'm telling you god is looking for a people that will upset the apple cart he is looking for people that are not intimidated by storms and intimidated by um, circumstances and intimidated by obstacles and intimidated by strongholds and 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 just just recognize that Jesus is 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 who he says he is and that he is powerful enough to do in us whatever needs to be done in us so that he can do through us whatever he wants to do through us. Let me say it again. Jesus Christ is powerful enough to do in us whatever he needs to do in us so that he can do through us whatever he wants to do through us. And my life personally is a testimony to that because I'm not, I am not of noble birth. I am not a great person, but I am chosen. And so are you. You are chosen. You are chosen by God to be a trophy of his grace. You are chosen by God to be an example of what grace in action looks like. 
You are chosen. You are chosen. I just hear it over and over again. You are chosen. You are chosen. You are chosen. You are chosen. And all that's left is to say yes. And he, he just keeps bringing me back to, to Mary, you know, where Mary, Mary was chosen. She was highly favored among women. You know, I know that, you know, in, in certain circles, she's like, you know, holy Mary and all of this stuff. But, you know, Mary, Mary was a human being. But God's chose her and he says, you are highly favored. And I just want to release that you are highly favored. You are chosen and highly favored. And I don't know who's listening to this night. I feel like God's going to bring first-time listeners just to hear this word because he needs to remind you and tell you that you are highly favored and that you are chosen. And you are chosen for a move of the Holy Spirit. And in the same way, there was no way Mary could have a virgin birth by herself without the Holy Spirit coming upon her and doing something to her so that he could do something through her. You are not disqualified because God needs to do something to you to do something through you. I'm going to say it again. I feel like I'm Paula White right now. Jesus is not, you are not disqualified because God has to do something to you to do something through you. Yay! <laughs> no, you are qualified. You are totally qualified. You know why? Because no flesh saw glory. And you know why else? Because that way God is the author and the finisher of what he has planned. And just like with Mary, she's like, how will this be? This is impossible. How can a virgin have a baby? I don't have a man. I haven't had sex. What? How can this be? He said, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. He's going to come upon you because the word that is going to be fulfilled through your life, the prophetic word that has been spoken over you is not of human origin and it is not of human effort and it is not going to be of human completion. It is going to be a move of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and do to you what he needs to do to you so that he can do through you what he wants to do through you. You know, the Bible is a book full of stories about God using ordinary people to do extraordinary, impossible things. <laughs> and you have been, I just feel it. I can feel it even now, whoever these listeners are, even tonight that are here and just tonight that are listening. I can hear it. It's like, why me? But why would you pick me? I mean, I, who am I? Who am I? I mean, think about this. All, all the great people in the Bible that said this, David was the least likely to be chosen. I mean, he was still, he wasn't even brought in in the original selection criteria. I mean, if that doesn't tell you the kind of people God chooses. <laughs> Esther was an orphan. <sighs> He's not looking for qualified people. Ah. <sighs> He's looking for people to qualify. Gideon. <laughs> what about Gideon? When you say, hey, I don't know. And why would you choose me, God? Gideon said the same thing. I'm like the least likely candidate to succeed. My, my family's the poorest. <laughs> but God chose Gideon. 
God chose Gideon and you are chosen. You're chosen. Chosen. So don't disqualify yourself. I hear the Lord saying, don't disqualify yourself. I mean, you know, I'm, now I'm thinking about the story of Elizabeth and Zechariah. And, you know, that was another just miraculous assignment for Elizabeth to have this baby in her old age and Zechariah going into the temple and being visited by the angel. <laughs> and because of his unbelief, that, that I mean, literally, they, the angel just shut him up. And he wasn't allowed to talk for nine months. He couldn't talk. Why? Because he, 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 he couldn't mess it up. God didn't want him to mess it up with his foolish mouth. And so really, I guess what we have, there's so many things to learn even in, in just looking at these different examples of who God's used. And, you know, here, here I'm just going to say this. I'm going to say you have one life. You have one life. <clears throat> you know, God did an extraordinary work in me over time where he really helped me have an eternal perspective. And this time on the planet is so very short in comparison to eternity. You know? A day is like a thousand years with the Lord. And a thousand years with the Lord is like a day. Like talk about a perspective shift. Talk about a perception change. See, one of the biggest deceptions is we live our lives like this is all there is. Like we got to get it all, whatever, you know, like, like this is all there is. No, this is a blink, a blink in the timeline of history. Just a, just a, I mean, I don't even know if it's a, in the twinkle of an eye. It's probably shorter than that. And you know, when you start to find this eternal perspective and you, you climb up, you do climb up to a higher place. You climb up to a higher plane where you sit up in the heavenlies with Jesus in Christ and you begin to recognize this is a place where a thousand years is like a day and a, d- a day is like a thousand years and time is experienced different in eternity and that this is a place where we will we are going to exist in that place. It's incomparable how long we will live in that realm versus this realm. And so it puts our life and our time into perspective. You know, and, and when I, I'm just going to share a little bit because I feel like the Lord's, you know, giving me the, the green light to do this. But, you know, when I really surrendered to the Lord when I was 33, I mean, I'm, you know, I don't mind sharing, I'm 50 now, 17 years ago. <clears throat> you know, I had really run my life up to that point. I mean, I don't know that I really knew there was an alternative. I had a bad image of God, like a lot of reasons why I kind of was in that place that I was in. But it's, the good news about that is I feel like I had lived so many experiences by the time I was 33. I mean, I'd been married, I'd been divorced, traveled the world, had had money. I mean, just a lot of experiences by then. It's still miserable, depressed. You know, you, you have these things that you sh- should make you happy, and yet you're not happy. And so it's like I exhausted, I kind of feel like the person who wrote, you know, it's vanities, all vanities, you know, that wrote it, that Solomon, when he wrote that in Ecclesiastes, meaning 
all of the things that you feel like should satisfy you when you when you come to the place in your life, and granted, I was 33. Some people never, you know, maybe they never get there. Some people, I don't know how to say this, but in my journey, I came to this place where nothing satisfied. And so surrendering to God seemed like the obvious choice because none of it worked anyway. It was kind of sad it was a last resort, that I tried everything, some of it three and four times, and it just, it doesn't, none of it was fulfilling. It Maybe it promised it, promised fulfillment, promised satisfaction, promised some kind of peace inside, but none of it does this. Why? Because God didn't create any of it to do that. There is nothing but him who is, is this, that can satisfy the longing and the, the place in our hearts, this hole in our hearts that we are trying to fill with all kinds of other stuff. And so when I finally came to the, it wasn't working. I knew it wasn't working. I didn't know what to do about it. I was like a walking dead person. And so I finally come home and get on the ground and surrender my life to God. And I'm like, whatever you want to do with my life, you can do that. You can do that with my life. Like it, like, I guess why I'm sharing that is because any other use of your limited time on this planet is a waste of time on this planet. Living a life to, for yourself, living, and, and, and it's not that you don't, not that the vision God gives you and the assignment that God gives you, man, it fits you like a glove. You feel so alive. It's like this gift that God gives you that you can't even, you can't even believe it's this good. I mean, there's a thing about, you know, when Jesus said, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. I mean, there is a joy that God, in this assignment that God gives you on the planet, you were born for it, you were engineered for it, you are perfect for it. Your life story culminates in the fulfillment of it. I mean, it's it's so, that in and of itself is so supernatural and so incredible that you get to, that your life gets to be this story <laughs> about the glory of God and the goodness of God. But, you know, I didn't know all that when I'm surrendering. I just knew that life without him <laughs> didn't work. Didn't work for me. It just doesn't, it didn't work. It doesn't work for me. Life without it doesn't work for me. And, it's a hard lesson. It was a painful lesson. It was a, it was an expensive lesson. It was all of those things, you know. But it, but then just to get this perspective that like, okay, so maybe you have maybe you have 120 years if you know you really want to get old, you know. If, if you don't want to really get old, maybe you have 90. Maybe you have I don't know how many. Whoo, I don't know how exactly each of us have how much time each of us want even. But I do know that. There's no better decision than to totally sell out to God's vision. It says that those that lose their life find it. And it, it yes, I mean, it, it, it does require that you get out of your comfort zone. It does require that you leave whatever your fishing boat is behind. But this, this, where am I saying this? I'm just saying that God is looking for some believers. He is looking for, he is looking for 
let's just say it this way. He's looking for Heidi Bakers. He's looking. He's looking for Smith Wigglesworth. He's looking, you know, for Elon Musk's. He's looking for Bill Gates. He's looking for Warren Buffett's. He's looking for Tina Turner's. <laughs> I saw her with Cher the other day. I'm telling you, that's a glorious gift that woman had. <laughs> he's looking, he's looking, he's looking for people who are willing to be, say yes, like Mary, yes, be it unto me, Lord. According to your will. Be it unto me. Jesus prayed it this way. Not my will, but your will be done. You know, for me, it was laying down on the floor, taking off all my clothes and saying, whatever you want to do with my life, just do it. (sighs) And there's really no better way to live. And there's really no better use of your time. And so why am I sharing this? Because it's like, it's, you know, the most uncomfortable place is pre-surrender. The hardest place, when you're still trying to hold on, you're still not totally sure, you're still struggling with, oh, I don't know what I really believe, or I don't know if I can make sense of this, or, you know, should I really do it, should I not do it, should I believe it, should I not believe it, should I sign up for this, should I not sign up for it? You know, when you're, am I driving, am I not driving, am I driving, am I not driving? It's just that, that, that indecision, that, that place of where you just haven't laid down your life. And I think sometimes people think, you know, Christianity is all about us accepting Jesus and all about Jesus and, you know, this whole, we just receive you, Jesus, I receive you, Jesus, but it's actually a, an exchange. <laughs> it's a total exchange. It's a receiving of him and a losing of you. And so I just see that tonight. I see this, uh, I don't know, I see that... Uh, See this invitation, this invitation, this invitation. And i it's an invitation for greatness. It's an invitation. And, and yeah, you know, I mean, in the same that, in the same way we look at some of these people in the Bible and we, we think of them, yeah, that, they were great. They were great. They were great. You know, they were great because they were, they were God, they were used by God. They were great because God did something through them. God was great in them. And so I'm not sure what that is, that God's calling you out on the water to believe or calling you out on the, calling you out into the, the assignment that he has for you. But I just encourage you just to surrender. And if you don't know what the assignment is, that doesn't matter. You know, when I surrendered, I didn't have any, I had no, I mean, let me say, I had no idea that I'd be sitting in front of you guys tonight talking on some microphone up in the mountains, a little town called Woodland Park, Colorado. I didn't know that he was going to give me this vision for this school emerge and this vision for um, this global, you know, thing that he's given me. I didn't know all the details. Those came, you know, as 
as I, you know, I lost my life, I found it. <laughs> so as I began to find my life, all the details started to come and form. And I, I just, I just want to release you guys into the place of, um, of just this place of surrender. You know, there's a prayer I pray a lot. Um, it's based on, I read the scripture, you know, frequently, but it's based on uh, John, and I believe it's John 5.30, and it's in the voice translation, and I read this probably, if you listen to my podcast, you probably heard me read it before, but in the voice translation, here's what it says. I think this is, it's just an amazing scripture. Um, Jesus is talking in the scripture. Um, just give it a second for it to come up here. On my internet's like so slow right now. Seriously, I'm watching the bar here. Okay, here we go. It says, I have, this is John 530 in the voice translation. It says, I have not ever acted and will not in the future act on my own. I listen to the direction of the one who sent me and act on these divine instructions. For this reason, my judgment is always fair and never self-serving. I'm committed to pursuing God's agenda and not my own. Now, there's a couple things I want to say. First of all, I pray this a lot. And I'm just going to pray this over all of us right now. Um, just, Father, I thank you right now. I cancel every agenda for our lives, Lord, for every person that is listening to my voice tonight, Lord, I cancel every agenda for their life that is not God's agenda. I cancel the enemy's agenda. <clears throat> I cancel man's agendas, man's plans. I just cancel them in the name of Jesus. And I just release the move of God in each of their lives, Father, and the agenda for each of their lives, Father, that um, you have created for them. <laughs> yeah, God, I just release that in Jesus' name. So I pray that a lot. I just break off agendas. I, you know, I just break off man's agenda, my own agenda, the devil's agenda. I just break it off and I say, God, you ha I do it for every service that we do, every podcast that I do. I always am doing that for every, for every strategy session that I pray for people when they're, you know, interviewing to be a part of Emerge. I pray that over the sessions that I do. Just, God, you have, you just have your agenda, your agenda. You know, but the other piece that I think is so interesting about this is he's talking about this, this level of dependency where Jesus is not acting independently, where he is not acting on his own, and he is listening to the directions of the one that is sent. And I just want to release the, 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 this concept tonight that you are being sent, that you are being sent to solve something, to solve a problem, to solve a crisis, to solve a cry of the human heart, to, to be an answer to prayer. You, are, you, are, you, are, you too are a sent one. And when you just, just, when you're surrendering, say, you know, it's kind of like, Lord, send me, here I am. You've heard that prayer before. But how do I know that you're a sent one? Well, because God's made you a disciple. And he's already said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. 
you are a sent one as a, as a member of the body of Christ. You are sent in some capacity into the world to make disciples of nations. And as a fivefold, whatever you want to call it, minister, you say, what is that, Shalise? Well, there's, there's ministers or people that in the body of Christ who are called to equip the body of Christ, equip believers <clears throat> so that they can fulfill the thing that they are sent to do, so that they can fulfill their specific assignment. And um, I'll just read it here in four, Ephesians 4.11. And I'll just keep reading maybe a few more verses after that. Um, I'll just read it in the NIV translation. Um, it says this. It says, So Christ himself gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will be no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. So... Um, I'm going to stop here for a second because it says here that there are gifts. Okay, there's gifts. The gifts are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. They're gifts that are, that are given to the body of Christ to equip you for works of service. Okay, for works of service. For another, you know, it says for good works and other translations. Now, I just want to go to another scripture that I read all the time. Um, at least I feel like I read it all the time. Ephesians 2.10 in the Amplified Version. And this is talking about, because here, you know, I am a gift to you to equip you for the work of service or for the assignment that you are being sent to do. I'm a gift to you to help uh, build you up so that you can go and change the world and that you can make disciples and that you can go and make an impact and do this unbelievable thing that God is asking you to believe. Uh, your, your Pharaoh, to go and confront your Pharaoh, to go and confront your giant, your Goliath. That's what my equipping is. My equipping is to, to, to help you get you off of the world system and off of your physical senses and off all of this natural nonsense and so that you can recognize who you are and, and what is possible for God to do through you because he lives in you. And so in Ephesians 2.10 in the Amplified, it says, for we are his workmanship. Oh, let me just get another. Let me just try this. I want to do one other. I want to do Amplified Classic. It says for, <clears throat> so slow, sorry. It says for we are his workmanship. We are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, who planned beforehand for us. And then it says taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. And so you, there are good works with your name on it. And when we say good works, we don't mean like, you know, feed the poor. Although that's a wonder, he, he may totally, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with feeding the poor. Of course we're supposed to feed the poor. But when, when God talks about work, he's not talking about human work. You know, when God, in, in, in the beginning, when God said, let there be light, and he created the heavens and the earth in Genesis chapter 1, you know what? On the seventh day, he rested from his work. 
So God's, you know, Jesus said, if you don't, if you don't believe me for the words that I speak, believe me because of the works that I do. So from God's perspective, his work is miracles. God's work is super, is supernatural. I mean, to him, it's just normal, but it's, it's, it's a specific kind of work. It's, it's the thing that you're anointed to do. It's the thing that the, 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 the atmosphere of heaven rests on. The presence of God rests upon this in your life. You know, when I stand up here and teach, I have no idea what I'm saying. You're like, what? No, I mean, literally, I'm out of my mind right now. I mean, I'm just totally, can hardly hold my eyes open. I've been walking around with my eyes closed tonight. Why? Because I'm under the anointing. I'm, uh, I mean, the presence of God is, is, is resting upon me and speaking through me. And the words that I'm speaking, if you're tuned into them, they are carrying the anointing. They are carrying the presence of God. I mean, if you can't feel that, I just release a, uh, just a, who ha, I release a, how do I say it, Lord? I release a discerning of spirits over you. I release an awakening of your spiritual senses. And I break off the hardness of heart that has dulled your senses and caused you not to be able to, to, to sense the presence of God and connect with the glory of God that is on a gift whether that's worship or that's somebody playing the drums or someone uh, singing or someone writing something. I mean, have you ever read a book and literally or watched something on television and the presence of God jumped out off of that book or jumped off of the, off of the computer or the YouTube or whatever and literally like, bam, just hits you? Yeah. Why? Because what I'm doing tonight is not natural. This is a supernatural thing that I'm engaging in, just speaking what God is speaking to you. This is a supernatural thing that's happening here. And what I'm saying is that there is something that you are anointed to do. There is something that you are gifted to do. There is something that the anointing and the presence of God and the power of God rests on and that you are called to work that and you have an assignment for that, and God is asking you to believe for an impact to be made through your life because of it. And it's totally just the word of God becoming flesh in your life. It's literally just, just the, the Holy Spirit coming upon you. And, and, and same thing, impregnating you with the work of God. There is a work, there is a miraculous work that you will look back after God has used you to do it and you will say, I didn't do that. I might have shown up, I might have been there, I might have been, it might have been my hands, it might have been my voice, it might have been the words that I put down on the, on the computer, it might have been, you know, I was there, but it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Right? It's a great rap song. Wasn't me. Right? It was him. It was G- it was God doing something through you. And when you get to this place where you really are letting God work through you, it's really awesome because, you know, all this self-conscious nonsense, it, it starts to fall off of your life where it's just always about you. And it's not that it's not about you. I mean, hey, I mean, you know, my name is on this. It's You go, you go search iTunes. You're going to search for Shalice. 
So it's not that it's totally like not about you, but it's still the Father working through you. And there, I don't, he, God, he keeps bringing me back to these things that I've been seeing, like the wings of fire, just this higher place, this higher place that you are living from. It's a, it's a place that you are, it's like you're perched up there in the spirit. Because I'll tell you, to be carnally minded, it says in Romans chapter 8, is death. Now, let me tell you what that feels like. Carnal-mindedness is natural-mindedness. And it says it's death. So it's, it's negative emotions. It's negative, uh, it's just negative thinking. And it's miserable. It's miserable to live as a mere human. It's miserable to, 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 and it's, let me say this, it's miserable to fight surrender. It's miserable to, to, to try to put a life together on your own apart from the one you were created to live. You know, but the cool thing about this is, is that, you know, the scripture that's coming to mind right now is like, what must we do to be working the works of God? And Jesus replied, believe on the one whom was sent. So this isn't, you can't, you can't come out of independent living independently. You know, really you can you can you can choose, you can say, God, I surrender. <laughs> Have your way. You know, I break the agenda off of my uh, any agenda that's not yours off of my life. But I, I really want I feel like the Lord is bringing us right back to This place where it's not a problem that God has to do something in you to do something through you. I mean, I don't believe that there's been anyone in the history of the world, including Jesus, who God didn't have to you know, prepare and change. I mean, it says that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So even Jesus, he said he learned obedience through suffering. I mean, even Jesus went through a process with the Lord and, and, and allowed the Lord's timing and the Lord's works in his life to, the Lord working in his life to, to prepare him for his, his assignment. And I, I mean, this is a word, I think, for me as much as anyone. Because here's the reality of it. We live with ourselves. <laughs> you know, we wake up with ourselves. We go to bed with ourselves. We, we, we live in our, in our own heads all day long. We, we, we see our weaknesses. We, 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 we know, are intimately familiar with our struggles. We, and I know... You know, in one instance, this is kind of the other piece I wanted to share a little earlier. It's like, you know, a lot of us, we get these prophetic words or we get these, these ideas from the Lord. And then, you know, it's like we, we, we're trying to be obedient and we even, you know, we even make progress with it, but it's not, you know, it's kind of like Abraham. He went out and tried to fulfill the word of God over his life by, made an Ishmael, right? 
And my point is, is that we see our failures, we see our own self-efforts, we see the ways that we are, in our own minds, unqualified or un, not gifted enough. I mean, we're just, you know, we just see all of these things that we, just like Gideon, or just like Moses, I stutter. I'm not the right person. We argue with God as being the choice. And, and so I'm sharing, you know, what I'm speaking tonight for me as much as everybody else. I mean, I just want to say it one more time. It's not a problem that God has to do something to you to be able to do something through you. And I even feel like part of what needs to happen is we need to give up changing ourselves. That even in the same way, there was no way for Mary to get impregnated without the the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon her and doing something to her. You know, really, all Mary said is, be it unto me. Just be it unto me. Just be it unto me. Do what you need to do. Do what you need to do. Just do whatever you want to do. Just do whatever you want to do. Just do whatever you want to do. And that, and that is a that is truthfully a place of surrender. That is a place of where you are not the owner of your life anymore. And so I just uh, I encourage you to. I don't know. It's kind of like a, put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> you know, just and if you're struggling with that. I feel like, you know, you can raise your hand. It's fine. I mean, I, I struggle with this a little bit. I mean, because I, I, a lot of times I feel like, and I'm just going to be very transparent here, you know, a lot of times I feel like I should be able to do this, do things. Like, I feel like I should have already been, for, you know, I should have been able to do this. And then, you know, you, like, beat yourself up because you couldn't do it or something. And, and so you, like, somehow, it's almost like you're your own savior, like, I'm supposed to deliver myself, or I'm supposed to save myself, and I'm a bad person because I can't deliver myself, and I can't save myself, and it's like you, you're trying to be, you know, Shalice Christ. It's like all of a sudden you're trying to be, you're trying to be God in your own life to fix yourself so that you'll be okay for God. <laughs> so silly. You know, rather than just being like, and the reason is because we're programmed with this mess. We're programmed with this mess in the world. You know, and, and there is there is glory in being helpless. I'm gonna say that again. There is glory in being helpless. Let me say it one more time. There is glory in being helpless, and we need to embrace it. In the same way that Mary said, I mean, she I mean, you're like she says it's not the same thing, like well, you know what, if if you could have done it, you should you know what, you wouldn't need Jesus. I mean, truthfully, I mean Half of us don't even know how we got into the situation, much less how to get out of it. The other half doesn't even know really what we believe. We just see the results all around us. And so it's just, it's like, all of that is a product of the fall. All of that is a, the, pro, the, the real problem with the fall is it set us up to be gods of our lives to be the judge of right and wrong, and to operate really from a place of independence. 
and actually have an expectation that if we don't do it well, we're bad people. And I, trust me, because I, I, I have gone around and around with the Lord about this because there, I think there, there are personal things in my life that I think I should be able to do. And I personally believe that in my own life, I do believe that the Lord frustrates that stuff. You can actually frustrate the grace of God with your self-effort. And so coming to this place where you're like, helplessness is actually godly. You know, if I go back to John 5.30, that sounds pretty helpless to me. Of my own self, I can do nothing. I mean, I think that's a really incredible definition of, of helplessness. I'm going to read it in the, let me read it in the Passion Translation, just John 5.30. I mean, Jesus said in the voice, I won't ever act on my own. In the Passion Translation, he says, nothing I do is from my own initiative. He's not, there's not self-motivation going on in here. Jesus wasn't self-motivated. Right? This wasn't, Jesus wasn't disciplined. (laughs) <laughs> right Jesus didn't wasn't op, got some will power no he had some holy ghost power <laughs> it wasn't human effort going in the, in this operation here I mean as a matter of fact I love that scripture in Matthew 11 that talks about where that, especially it's in the I like it in I like it in the um, message translation this is the book that I, this is actually the scripture that I used in the front of my book, which, by the way, if you haven't got my book, go to www.thepathfreebook.com. You can get it for free, ebook anyway. And here's what it says in Matthew eleven twenty seven. It says, the, it wasn't a self-effort operation, right? It wasn't human initiative. Here's what he said in Matthew 20, uh, eleven twenty seven. The Father has given me all these things to do and say. This is a unique father and son operation coming out of father and son intimacies and knowledge. No one knows the son the way the father does nor the father the way the son does, but I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. And so this was a, this was a father-son operation. This was an operation coming out of union. This was, a, this was the father and I are one. There wasn't a, a, a self apart from the father that Jesus was actually trying to change. <laughs> that self just ceased to exist. He just identified with the Father and let the Father do the work and let the Father be the one that was motivating him and initiating it. And so a lot of our a lot of the struggle is just coming from this place of independence and a, the place of struggle. And so I just this invitation is is to come up higher through the power of surrender. Wow. You're going higher through the power of surrender. I heard the Lord, I heard that. You're going higher through the power of surrender. Surrendering control. Surrendering your agenda. Surrendering your independent ways of thinking and living 
and functioning. You're surrendering carnal thinking. You're surrendering the option to have an opinion (laughs) apart from God. You're surrendering your opinions. You know, I've been teaching, gosh, for weeks now, and I I wasn't quite sure how we were going to get there, but we're getting there. Last we're getting there tonight. I was teaching out of Proverbs chapter 3. And I'll just wrap up tonight's teaching with this. And uh, I've been reading it out of the the Passion Translation. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, it says this, Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all of your heart, rely on him to guide you, and he will lead you in every decision you make. Another way that you could say this is that he will lead you in the judgments that you make, in the opinions that you form. You know, this is about letting the Lord have all of you. And letting him show you the places, even in your life, where he doesn't have all of you. Hmm. Wow. And I just want to speak a word of encouragement to people whose, I don't know, whose circumstances are revealing things in their hearts that aren't pretty. Um, It kind of reminds me of Peter when, you know, he thinks he's ready to go to the cross and Jesus is like, you know, you're going to die me three times before morning. And, you know, Peter's like, no, 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 no. You know, Peter didn't recognize really what was in his heart. Didn't recognize the fear and the brokenness and all of those things that he would lie to this little servant girl. No, I don't even know Jesus. Just totally betray Jesus. Just totally lose his mind. You know, here he'd been with Jesus for three years. I mean, been seen all these, I mean, like incredible things that he had been exposed to. And now he's, you know, denying Jesus that even knows him and just, you know, and then just beating himself up, you know, I mean, like, horrible, right, the way that's you feel after you've, after these things that get revealed in our hearts that aren't pretty. And I just, I just want to pray for those of you that are going through that. And if you're not going through that, you will. Um, you may be in a reprieve at the moment. <laughs> you might be having a moment where you're not, that's not what's happening in your life. You know, it wasn't all three years of that happening in Peter's life. But the point is, is that there are, you know, on the way to your destiny, on the way to fulfilling the word of God in your life, there is this place, you know, that you're coming out of your old identity, the old way of thinking, and you're going through the wilderness, and you're going into the promised land, into this place of your destiny. And the things in your heart, you know, that that that, that need to be brought up into the light um, is, a, is a part of it. It's just a part of the process because you're being conformed to the image of Jesus. You are being conformed to the image of perfect love. And everything, you're being pruned. Everything that's not a part of who you, you're, who you really are in Christ, of who God created you to be, that's going to get snapped off of you going to get pruned ever so lovingly and the pro the, here's the thing it might be a problem for you but it's not a problem for god notice that jesus wasn't upset with peter because peter i mean he knew it he told him you're gonna do this he didn't kick him out of the you know off the team 
you just matter of factly, you're gonna no, really you think you're so you think you're so ready, Peter? Well, you'll deny me, you know, three times before morning. He, he wasn't. He wasn't. Peter was not a surprise to Jesus. Peter was a surprise to Peter. You know. But I, I want to encourage you that as these things come up out of in our hearts, and we we see these ways that we aren't surrendered, or these ways that we are independent, or these ways that we're fearful, or these ways that we that, that this is the work that God's doing in us, so He can do something through us. Like this is not a problem for the Lord. This is not intimidating for him. This is, this is just, this is light shining. This is just light shining. He's just, he's just shining. He's just being light. And let me say this about the light. The light is not to expose you and to humiliate you. The light is to show you what it is so that you can see it too. And you can see it for what it is and you can release it. It's actually, it's healing light. It's healing light. It's healing light. It's healing light. It's not condemning light. It's not, it's not scary light. It's light that brings safety. It's like the light of home. It's the light that, 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 you know, in the lighthouse that leads you to safety. It's a, it's a, it's a comfort light. It's a night light. And you're, you know, and you've got kids. They have night lights. Why? Because they're comforting. It's that kind of a light. It's, it's, it's not, it's not harsh. It's not judgmental. It's not. It, it, he. Th- this is a. It's a beautiful light, and it's literally like I, the vision that I have of it is, you know, it's like an invitation to come see it like Jesus sees it. You know, it, it's like saying, "Look here, you've been acting like an orphan when you're." Your royalty. Can you see that? See the way? Look at this. See, you've been trying to get, you've been trying to, you know, get food out of the garbage. But look, come in here, come in here, come and look at this banquet room in here. All of this is yours. This buffet in here, you can come in here 24-7 and it's free. You don't have to pay anything. So see all this? See, I turned on the light so you can see the buffet. Isn't this amazing? Yes, go get you some filet mignon. Yes, go get you some caviar. Yes, go get you some, some, the best, you know, the best champagne, some Dom Perignon, go get you some, go get you some Vuc go, go get you some champagne, get whatever, whatever your, you know, whatever the best is in your mind. And, you know, when you see the buffet and you see it doesn't cost anything and you see the caviar and the fillets and whatever, the lobster or whatever it is, the, you know, fried chicken, whatever it is, well, are you going to go back to the dumpster? That, that's just silly. That's a ridiculous idea. Like, why would you go eat trash when you can literally go in here and it's an all-you-can-eat 24-7 better Vegas than, you know, Bellagio. Better buffet than than Vegas' Bellagio. Like, it's incredible. Like, the problem was you just couldn't see. the You couldn't see. And so here we are beating ourselves up. You're like, wait a second. Well, you didn't know what you didn't know. Right? The light, when the light came on, you're, you, you can see it. And so I just want to release that for you guys, just that grace is, is the light comes on to so don't get stuck at the garbage can, beating yourself up because you're eating the trash. You know? No, follow Jesus fully into it. Run into the light. Run into the light because it's in that place of the light where you, are, you will be set free. 
You will set, you will be set free to be free, by the way. Jesus came for freedom's sake. I mean, freedom is just about freedom for freedom's sake. It's just you're, you're set free to be free. So when the light comes on, you know what? You can just say, oh, look at the buffet. Look at, look. It's, it's always an upgrade. It's always an upgrade. It is never, it is never to condemn. It is never, never to condemn you for what you didn't see before the light came on. So, so Father, I just release, hey, the light. Light, shine, 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 shine. Brighter, 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 brighter. Illuminate, illuminate, illuminate what is true, what is real. Illuminate the path to freedom. (laughs) And we just receive it. We receive it, we receive it, we receive it. And thank you, Lord, that it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your spirit. Thank you that this is not a, this is not being initiated by human hearts, human minds. It's being initiated by you. So I just release grace, grace, grace. And I just, I just declare, Lord, that we are, we are seated at a high, from a higher perspective. We are at a place where our perception is aligned and, and, and operating with you, in you. And, Lord, we are surrendered. <laughs> and we are free to be free. Free to be free. Whoo! And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, um, awesome. I want to encourage those that are just listening to the podcast, of course, the people that are here. I'm encourage you too, but I just want to encourage you to partner with Shalisa Minnis Ministries, partner with the podcast, partner with what God's doing through the teaching. Uh, and you can always give online. I know many of you are doing that, and you are supporting this podcast. You're supporting, you know, what it, what it takes to to get the word out, and uh, to have a building to do it from, and all the equipment that's necessary to do that. And basically, um, you can do that online if you're listening to the podcast at shalice.com, uh, or you know, obviously, if you're here, you can give. There's giving baskets that we can give to you. So I just want to pray over that as we wrap up tonight. Lord, I thank you for every gift that people are sowing into the ministry, Father. I thank you um, that you are calling people to give. Uh, They're giving online, Father. They're listening to the podcast, Father. People that I don't know, people that I've never met in person before. Uh, Father, it's an encouragement. People from all over the, the world even, Lord. And I just am speaking, Father, a tangible um manifestation, a tangible release um, of breakthrough and harvest over every seed that is sown, Father. I just command um, an exponential return. Uh, Lord, I just, I'm just speaking this out of the spirit. I'm a good investment. Hey, in Jesus name. I just heard that I'm a good investment. (laughs) <laughs> I think this is good ground, God. This is a good, this is a good investment. I just declare that, God, a better return than you're going to, you know, than Wall Street, the NASDAQ, Father, just a better return. I speak that return 
over every person, Father, over every partner, over everyone that sows seeds into this ministry, God. I just speak that return on their investment. And God, because they're investing in you. They're investing in the kingdom. They're investing in what you are doing through this ministry. And I bless them, God. I just declare they are blessed. And so uh, I just thank you for that, Lord. And uh, all, as always, if you are interested in hearing more about Emerge or more about uh, any of the ministries that we're doing here, our rapid mind renewal sessions, or we do a prophetic ministry, you could always just email us at info at Reach out. We'd love to hear from you and pray with you and send uh, whatever prayer requests that you might have. So God bless you. Thanks for tuning in.